So that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. If you'd like to, I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and keep your attention focused on the breath going in and out of your body. And now we'll, we'll take a moment to explore the third step prayer again, over and over and over again. So I'll tell you how I do it. You can do whatever you want, but I breathe in the word God, the first line of the prayer, God. And then I take a few breaths in and out, and I look deep down inside of myself and try to make a connection with whatever that thing is that, that is called God. out the next line of the prayer I offer myself to thee and I take a few breaths <clears throat> and I think about the self that I'm offering to God what is it that I'm offering it line of the prayer to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt and I take a few breaths and I just contemplate what God might build with me and do with me today Relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths and I just try to imagine what my life would be like without the bondage of self, without all of my old ideas, without my opinions, without my story. line of the prayer, that I may better do thy will. Again, I take a few breaths and think about what God's will might be for me today. Right now. next line of the prayer, take away my difficulties. I breathe that in. And I take a few breaths and look at what are my difficulties, my mind, my old ideas, my fears, my lack of love, 
a lack of humor. out that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths and I look at my life. What, how would I touch the people in my life if I was living God's will, God's way of life, and under God's power? Then the last line of the prayer, may I do thy will always. And whenever you're ready, you can uh, open your eyes. And... Take a few more breaths now with your eyes open and just allow yourself to become conscious of seeing. Your eyes are open now. It's different. You're seeing. You can't not see when you open your eyes. I can't. Maybe you can. But what happens is as soon as I start seeing things, my mind starts talking to me about what I'm seeing, whether it's you on the computer or the towel rack that's holding the towel and the opinions start about the towel that's on the rack that's holding the towels and then the house that's holding up the rack that's holding up the towel and that's off to the races again. And so it's nice to just take a moment and allow myself to just have a moment of just being present and just seeing and just being here right now. So. I'm Randy, I'm alcoholic. My body is allergic to alcohol. I can never ever drink alcohol successfully again because I am allergic to it. The reason I became allergic to alcohol is because alcohol was what I had found to be the greatest over-the-counter treatment for a mental illness that I have that, that the program calls alcoholism. So I have this mental illness called alcoholism. And because I have this mental illness, I'm constantly in a state of restless, irritable, and discontent. And what I did every time I got restless, irritable, or discontent, or in enough pain, I would reach for the bottle. Because then I knew I would be having some fun. Or it would relieve me of the whatever it was that was bothering me in the moment. And I used it so much, I became allergic to it. And so, my problem is not alcohol, unless I drink it. If I drink alcohol today, I have a major alcohol problem. I have an allergic reaction, I black out, I trash relationships, I get thrown out of places to live, I get abandoned by my family and my friends, I run out of money, and my life gets very ugly. But if I don't drink alcohol, those things don't happen. 
but I still get into emotional pain because of this disease that talks to me and it talks to me in my own voice and I believe what it says and it manifests as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind. That's how it shows up in my life. And so, if I get into enough emotional pain, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to kill that pain, whether it's drink or maybe put a bullet in my head or drive my car into a telephone pole. Anything to shut up that self-talking, fault-finding, opinionated, unsatisfied mind. Or what I've been shown in AA, I could have an application of 12 steps as a way of life in this moment right now. And out of the application of those 12 steps, I could build a relationship with a higher power, a power greater than me. And what it says in the second step is that that power that's greater than me is the power that's going to restore me to sanity. I have lost the job. So my self-talking mind that I talk about all the time, that self-talking mind, all of that debating and arguing and fighting that goes on inside my head, that is me trying to restore me to sanity. And the program says, no, you've lost that job. You are not qualified for that job. And what it says I have to do is it says that, it, well, what it says is true humility in an open mind. So the humility that I'm allergic to alcohol is a, is a big part of that. I'm allergic to alcohol. I have that as a, as a way of life. So I can't reach for alcohol anymore to treat my disease. It's off the table. I'm allergic to it. It will kill me as a substance that I'm allergic to. Just like if I, had, I, I am allergic to wasps. If I get stung by a wasp and I get wasp venom in my body, it could cause me to stop breathing and I could die. I understand that. Same thing happens to me with alcohol. If I put alcohol in my body, I black out. And when I black out, anything's possible. So I can't drink alcohol. I can't treat the disease that way. I have that as a, as a humility for me. That's mine. And the humility that I have alcoholism, that I cannot manage my life on my own power... I cannot manage my life. I can't manage my thought life. I can't manage what thoughts are going to pop into my head and, which, and, and what they're going to tell me. One day, the thought is, I have enough money in the bank. Everything's fine. The next day is, I'm running out of money. I'm going broke. I'm going to be alone and old and broke and nobody's going to want to be around me and I'm going to die and it's going to be terrible. It's, I had exactly the same amount of money on the first day as I did on the second day. It's just the idea popped into my head that it's not enough. And now I'm insane about money and I'm looking for a new job and I'm trying to figure out how much it'll cost me to get divorced because if I get divorced, then I won't need so much money. And blah, 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 my mind is off to the races. And I can't manage those thoughts. I have a devastating weakness and all of its consequences is that when I, when that mind is talking to me, I tend to push everyone and everything out of my life. And the disease wants me to be alone and wants me to be broke and it wants me to hit bottom sober so that then after all of that, it could tell me, oh, well, if you just drank, you'd feel better.
Anything would be better than this. And it gets me to drink again. And people go out all the time with lots of years of sobriety. And people kill themselves all the time with lots of years of sobriety, with their own TV shows. With everything that I would say was success, I have, I have seen and heard stories of people that were sober and had gotten all of the outside stuff that I could ever want. I'm sure that if I had that stuff, I'd be happy. And they were, they killed themselves. So I have to treat that disease and I have to see that I have that disease and I have to know what the disease is. The disease is not alcohol. The allergy is alcohol. The disease is alcoholism, this self-talking mind. And so then as an application, when I stand ready to do anything which will lift my merciless obsession, anything which will make my mind shut up or be quiet, the thing that I have to do, I don't, I don't get to drink anymore. I, bullets, I'm not, if I do a bullet, it's over. So the thing that I get to do today is to start coming to believe right here, right now at this meeting right now, that there's a power, that that power is greater than me, and that that power that's greater than me is the power that's going to restore me to sanity. And it tells me exactly how to do it, and we talk about this. I talk about it every time I talk. True humility and an open mind can lead me to faith. And every AA meeting, this is an, an AA meeting of sorts, it's an XA meeting really for anyone who's practicing 12 steps, but... Any 12-step meeting is an assurance that God will restore me to sanity if I'll rightly relate myself to it. So I have to, well, I don't have to. I get to right here, right now. If I want to be restored to sanity, I'm going to have to rightly relate myself to it because there's an if in there. And it doesn't say God will restore me to sanity if I believe there's a God. does not say that. I do not have to believe in God. I do not have to believe it. Not one bit. For a lot of people, believing in God is a deterrent, is an is a obstacle to rightly relating themselves to God. It says, God will restore me to sanity if I will rightly relate myself to it, not rightly relate it to myself. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So now, am I going to rightly relate myself? So the way that I do that is that I have a conversation with my higher power the way I would have a conversation with you or a friend or anybody else. And I just start telling it what's what in my life by telling it the truth about where I'm at. God, I haven't been to this meeting for a week. I was a little nervous that I'd have nothing to say. Could you help me with my fears? Could you help me with my self-centeredness? Could you help me to be the man that you would have me be? Could you protect me from my mind? And I talk to God like I would talk to you. And the more that I do that throughout the day, which is always right now, the more that I am doing that right now, the more I'm being restored to sanity. And so I'm going to stop talking about it. And I'm going to, we're, we're just going to take two minutes and, uh, We'll have a two-minute rightly relating ourselves to God session here. And uh, so just talk to God if you, if you care to. If you don't want to, do whatever you want. Watch TV, 
talk to yourself about how much money you have in the bank. Do whatever you want. It's none of my business. But if you'd like to have an experience, a search and research again and again with an open mind, this is an opportunity to take a two moments, two minutes, and rightly relate yourself to your higher power and see what happens. So if you run out of things to tell God about yourself, about your fears and your delusions and your character defects, uh, you can spend the rest of your time in gratitude, just thanking God for whatever you want to thank God for, fingernails, hands, feet, breath, hearts, whatever it is you want to do. So I'm going to stop talking now. I think that's two minutes. I might have got the time wrong. So here this, here's the deal for me. Every time that I do that, every time that I stop and rightly relate myself to my higher power, my mind gets quieter. Quieter than it was before. And I have my experience. This is my experience of how a higher power restores me to sanity. I call a quiet mind sanity when it's not yelling and screaming about what I should do or what I shouldn't do right now or how much money I need or how much I don't have or if I should stay married or not stay married for no reason whatsoever. I'm getting along great with my wife. I have a fantastic relationship with her, but every now and then it just pops into my mind that I'd be better off if I was single. I don't know why. I don't know where that thought comes from. And then I have an argument about my whole life.
because my mind popped in this idea that maybe I'd be happier if I was single. Every time I stop and rightly relate myself to my higher power, I get some peace. And I am coming to believe more today, right now, having practiced that right now. I'm coming to believe more that there's a power and that that power is greater than me and that that power that I rightly relate myself to restores me to sanity more. And when I have enough of those moments of being restored to sanity, when I have enough of my own experience of being restored to sanity, then I can make a decision. I can make the decision to either turn my will and my life over to the care of this thing, this higher power that restores me to sanity, or I can make a decision to turn my will and my life over more to Randy, who causes me to be restless, irritable, and discontent and unsatisfied, and fault-finding, and opinionated, and always in a hurry, and easily frustrated. So that's a decision I can make now, because I have some experience with both sides of the decision. And it's not this mysterious, crazy thing that I'm going to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. No, I'm going to turn my mind, my thoughts, and then my actions over to the care of God as I understood him. Because I have an understanding now of what it means to be in a relationship and not be in a relationship. So now it's as I understood him. It's not as you understood him. It's not as I read it out of a book or a Bible. It's not as my sponsor told me how I should understood him. It's how I understood it. It's me. It's mine. It's my understanding. It's mine. And you can't take it from me. I can rightly relate myself to my higher power in any situation standing in line at the bank, when I open my paycheck, when I'm driving my car, when I'm talking to somebody on the telephone, when I'm at a meeting, when I'm making breakfast, when I'm washing the dishes. I can always be rightly relating myself to my higher power because I'm always doing one or the other. It says it in how it works. Right here, right now, whatever I'm doing right now, this is the turning point. I stand at this turning point right here, right now. I'm either completely abandoning myself to God or I'm completely abandoning God to myself. And there's no half measures. Just love this program. It's, it's so laid out. It's so simple. And all I have to do is get out of the way and stop self-talking and start rightly relating. And when I do that, I have the best life I've ever known. So I'm going to shut up now. Uh, I'm just excited to be back here with y'all. I, I, I went a week without a Wednesday or a Saturday meeting. And for me, that's a very, very long time. And I, I love this meeting. And I love that I get to spend this time with all of you each week, uh, sometimes twice a week. And uh, so I'm going to stop talking now. And so the disease wants to kill me. It wants to kill me. And it uses everything it can find to kill me. Success, failure, uh, birthdays. Uh, birthdays always made me crazy because the disease would always tell me, look, you're a year sober. You should have a better job, a better girlfriend, a better house, a better car. You should be further along. You should be more, you should be more uh, sober. You got a year already. And, and uh, nothing changes. It's just, it's just Saturday. <laughs> It's just Saturday. 
But the disease wants to make a big deal out of everything and then tell me what a loser I am. And that's just what it does. And believe me, one year I went crazy. At two and a half years, I wanted to kill myself. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm trying to scare you, but that's the reality of this disease. It's No matter how far you I go in the program, there's that much further to go as far as recovery is concerned. And, and so a year is awesome. It's unbelievable. It's, it's so amazing. But at the same time, it's just another day. And, and we do this one day at a time. And I, the other thing about a year is, okay, they don't, now they don't celebrate you with chips and months. Now you got to wait a whole nother year to be celebrated again. And I'm a narcissistic, crazy person that needs everybody to be talking about me and celebrating me all the time. And and when that ends, I feel like, what's the point of going to AA? They're not, I'm, they're not even going to get a, a cake for another year. Why go? And uh, that was my reality. I thought, this is terrible. I, I think I should get a, you know, a, a 13 and a 14 month chip. At least they should invent those for me because I'm special. And I am special. <laughs> so... I think it's very, very common to hit a year and to be unsatisfied and to be crazy. It And here's the thing. You're more sober now. You can hear your mind better now. And that that keeps happening also. we I keep getting cleaner and clearer, and I hear the disease better, and now I need to treat it more because it's it's more present. but but you're doing it, you're here and you're talking about it and you're awesome and you're gonna have another day. Just just don't drink today. You can do whatever you want tomorrow. Just don't drink today. Fine. That's that's the whole secret to not getting drunk. You just don't do it one day at a time, you don't drink. Tomorrow you can do whatever you want. Thanks. Yeah. Rick, you're up. Hey guys, thank you very much, Randy. And uh, Colin, I went there too. Thank you for being, for demonstrating really Matching calamity.